All right. Good morning, Faith Church. It's good to see you guys today. Thanks so much again for being here on Mother's Day. We know that there's a lot of places you could be. We're grateful that you decided to spend a few minutes of your morning with us as we celebrate moms and really not just moms. We celebrate our Heavenly Father, man. That's really who it's about. So can we honor man the Lord today? Come on, just give him some praise in this house. Hey guys, listen, we're starting a brand new series today entitled The Emoji Life. Emoji Life, most of you guys know this, many, many, many of you in this room. Emojis are those little digital icons that we use to express our feelings and our emotions. You know, just in one little icon, you can throw out that you're happy, you're sad, you're excited. Just in one little face, you can let people know how you feel about certain situations. Emojis, that's what they are. They're like digital emotions. And so being Mother's Day, as we head into this series, I thought probably... I would want to tackle the emotion that probably moms, this is for everybody, but probably for moms, the one that they feel the most. Think about it. Uh, as, as a mom, there's a lot of emotions you feel, especially, man, when your kids are born. We feel a lot of pride, not just moms, but parents, right? Remember when your baby was born and they came out and they had jelly all over them and you didn't want to touch them? Oh, wait, that was just me. But, you know, I mean, they come out and you see you're so proud this is your baby. And so we feel a lot of pride. We feel a lot of joy when they take the first step, feel a lot of joy when they have their first smile. We feel sadness when our kids, when they fall down, when they get their first boo-boo, when they maybe get hurt or disappointed in life. There's kind of all these rush, uh, rush of emotions that we feel as moms, as parents. But probably outside of the feeling or the emotion of love, there's one feeling that I think probably moms feel the most, and that's worry. Think about it. I know... Um, all of us in this room, we worry about, you know, where are our kids? Who are they with? Are they making good decisions? How are they doing in school? What's going on? Are they going to make it into college? Are they succeeding okay? Even when, they're, even when your kids, I know this, being a kid, uh, being a child to a mom, she still worries today, you know, um, is he okay? Is he healthy? Are they eating all right? So we worry about our children all through our life. I know for my mom, I caused her a lot of grief growing up. Come on, moms, if you, got, if you worry about your kids, just, just let them know that you care about them. We think about them. We feel what they're feeling. We worry about what they're going through. I know one of the challenges that my mom said that when we were out um, at night, we would come home from school. We had jobs growing up, me and my two brothers, and we would always go out and hang out. And most of you guys know my testimony. I didn't know Jesus growing up, made a lot of bad decisions. I mean, at the time, they were awesome decisions, a lot of fun decisions. In hindsight, not so good decisions. And uh, I remember my mom telling us all the time, man, when you're out at night, man, I just pace the floor. Man, I just worry about you boys. I just worry about where you're at. And uh, she had good reason to worry. I went through five vehicles in 18 months of driving. And not because we had that much money and I turned over cars. I wrecked five cars. Uh, just heads up, one of the, one of the first wrecks, um, not the first wreck, the third wreck I had, um, or wait, was that the fourth? I mean, it just all kinds of, kind of runs together, right? I remember one of the wrecks that I had, um, I was out with some friends and we were going actually on our way to a party and there was a guy who was following me and every time we would come to a red light or a stop sign, he thought he was funny and he would bump me. He would just kind of just tap my bumper. I, I showed you guys, um, I told you about the first car that I had. It was this huge, right, 1978 Mercury Grand Marquis. This guy had a little rabbit. And so finally I thought, I've had enough of him bumping me in his little tiny smart car. And so I put it in reverse and punched it. And I pushed my car into his car and his car into a brand new Camaro and that brand new Camaro into a truck. Like it seemed like such a great idea at first thought. <laughs> Our bumpers got hooked. Police came. It was an absolute nightmare. You can imagine mom and dad was not 
happy. Another time I was out drinking and driving, 16 years old, hit a building, moved the entire foundation of this building six inches, left the scene of the crime because I thought I was smarter than the police. However, if you leave the scene of the crime, which I don't ever recommend, you want to make sure you take your bumper with your license plate on it <laughs> or they'll know where you live. Um, there was a time that, uh, that I rolled the family station wagon. Oh, wait, that was my brother, Dennis, who actually wrecked more cars than I did. My oldest brother, Mike, got a girl pregnant when he was 17. I'm surprised my mom's still alive. I'm going to be honest. Or I'm surprised we're still alive, one. Some of you are really excited about your kids now. You're like, my kid's not so bad after all. But the upside is, look what God can do in a life. Can I just pause and say, look what God can do in a life? So again, I think my mom, you as a mom, probably have a lot of worry, but not just moms. You know, I still worry today. I worry not just about my kids. I worry about finances. I worry, there's things I worry about. I worry about, you know, as I pastor and situations that I face and decisions that I have to make. And I'm not the only one. In fact, one of the common denominators in a vast audience like this and people watching online, there's a lot of things that make us different. There's a lot of things that make us alike. But I can tell you one common denominator across this room is that we all worry. We worry about big things and we worry about small things. We worry about things that sometimes really are insignificant. We worry about, are we going to hit traffic on the way? We worry about things like, you know, is our favorite sports franchise, are they going to they're gonna bring one home, which just heads up, just be in prayer as LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers sweep the Atlanta Hawks this afternoon and bring one to the land. We worry about all kinds of things. We worry about some things based on where we are in our life. As teenagers, we worry about things like, you know, are we going to get a zit on picture day? Are we going to get the girl to go with us to the dance? We worry about, are we going to get into the school? We worry about our grades. Are we going to graduate? We worry about, are we going to get a job? We worry about our finances. We worry about our retirement. We worry about global terrorism. We worry about who the next president is in the office. We worry about our families. We worry about death. We are a society and a culture that sometimes is just overwhelmed with fear overwhelmed with anxiety, overcome with worry. And so it's this thing that every one of us in this room, we worry. In fact, I would be willing to bet that if I would have a conversation with you, you could probably tell me about something just in the last week that you worried about. And so in the midst of all of our worries, in the midst of all the feelings of anxiety, in the midst of all of our fears, everything that we feel, every, all those emotions that we wrestle with, Jesus jumps in in the midst of our worrying and he asks this question, which is, which is so profound. Watch this. This is what Jesus said. He said, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? So think about that. He's saying, I know you worry. I know you got a lot on your plate. I know you're worried about your kids and your job and your career. I know you're worried about your health. But he says, hey, in all your worrying, is it really changing anything? You're investing and I'm investing and we're focusing and spending so much mental and physical energy in worry and really it doesn't do anything for us. But I love it because one of the reasons that Jesus tackles this question is because worry, it's not a 21st century question. It's not, an Amer- it's not an American question or issue. Worry is a human issue. 2,000 years ago, Jesus tackled the issue of worry. But even though he asked the question, and I want just a response here. Can all your worries, can it add a single moment to your life? Come on, y'all answer that out loud. But yet we keep doing it. So I just came to tell you today, stop it. And let's pray and go home in the name of Jesus. Think about it. We get so overwhelmed at times with worry. Sometimes we face situations and we drown in worry. 
And the reason it's so overwhelming, the reason sometimes as we wrestle with anxiety and fear and worry, the reason it's so powerful is because worry is psychological, right? The flurry of worry, man, when worries just rush our way, the flurry of worry, it is a mental mind game. Think about some of the things that we wrestle with and worry about in the flurry of worry. We worry about stuff, again, that that really doesn't matter. A lot of us in this room, we worry about things that um, that we have no control over. We worry about a lot of things that are never going to happen. We worry about things that have happened in our past that we can't change. We worry about things that people say about us that most of it's not true and the people who are saying it we don't care about. Think about it. We worry about our health that only makes our health worse through stress and worry. In fact, for most of us, the things that we worry about, so few of them are really relevant to our life that will ever really happen. But in the midst of those things, I believe we can overcome. So worry, guys, is psychological. It comes in and just robs you and drowns you in emotion. In fact, the Bible tells us this in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 25. Worry, say this, worry weighs down a person. Some of you in this room, you're weighed down with worry. As you look at life, as you face what's going on, you are weighed down with worry. Because again, it is a psychological mind game. But worry, think about this, worry is not just psychological, worry is physiological. Worry affects you on a physical level. Worry messes you up. Worry can affect your heart. Worry can affect um, your blood pressure. Worry can give you ulcers. Worry can mess up your, your digestive tract. Worry affects us in a big way. In fact, Solomon, one of the wisest men who ever lived 3,000 years ago, said this about worry. Read with me. So refuse to worry and keep your body healthy. So think about this, guys. In this room, we all said it. We worry. Jesus said, hey, worrying's not helping you. In fact, worry doesn't, it doesn't help us. Worry hurts us. It hurts us emotionally. It hurts us physiologically, physically. And worry really is not just uh, physiological. It's not just psychological. Worry is really a spiritual issue. Jesus, man, he spent so much time talking to his disciples about fear and worry and anxiety. Paul said things like this to people who dealt with worry back then. Hey, listen, man, if you love God, God's not giving you a spirit of fear. God wants us to walk in power and love and a sound mind. Do you know in Scripture, there are over 300, there are 365 times where God says, don't fear. Everybody shout, don't fear. Where God's saying, don't worry, I got this, I'm with you, I'm on your side, I'm fighting for you, with you, through you. Those who are against you, I'm against them. I'm your strong tower, I'm your shield, I'm your rear guard. God's saying, listen, I know you're worried, but stop it. And so in the midst of all this, really it is a spiritual issue. And so here's the question I want to tackle today as we step into the emoji life. For all of us in this room, as we wrestle again with with worry and fear and anxiety, here's the question. Now, if you're here today and you're just kind of seeking, you have questions about Christianity, you have questions about Jesus, this is still helpful to you today. But for every one of you in this room that say, hey, I'm a God follower, I've put my hope and trust in Jesus, then here's the question I want to ask you today. Should the response of a Christ follower towards worry be different than those who are not God followers? Here's the question. Should our faith impact our worry? Now, I I see a a lot of head nodding, but let me just back up all the way to the beginning. How many people in this place worry? Wave at me. 
How many people in this place love Jesus? So we're all saying, I love God, but I worry. And here's the reality is we're saying, but somewhere along the line, there's a breakdown because our faith should influence our fear. And here's what, here's what worry is. In order for us to answer this question, here's what, here's what worry is. Worry is the thought process that creates in us feelings of anxiety and fear. So as you go through life, right, you wake up in the morning and you start thinking about your job. You know, you heard that some contracts were canceled. You're the low man on the totem pole. So automatically you start worrying and fearing for your job. I'm going to get fired today. I'm going to get laid off. You know, we don't feel so well. There's a certain part of us physically it's not working right. And our mom had this disease and grandma had this disease. And so we start, so we automatically jump to this conclusion that it's the worst case scenario. And we start getting overwhelmed with fear and we, we pace. The flurry of worry keeps us up at night and we toss and we turn. And we post things. But man, what do we do with the worry? What do we do when we're overwhelmed with fear? Because again, here's the challenge is worry is a thought process. And I just want to tell you this on the front end, that in the thought process, if your conclusion is fear, worry, and anxiety, then you have forgotten the power and the promises of God. Because when we take that into account, yeah, I don't know, man, the economy's bad. I don't know if I'm going to get a job. I'm not physically feeling so well. You know, my kids are out there and I feel like they're making some bad decisions. I want everybody to know that God's power and God's promises is greater than every situation that we face. And when we take that into account in the thought process, our conclusion cannot be fear. If you're in fear, you're not in faith. And if you're in faith, it's impossible to be in fear. So that's not, that's not a judgment of criticism or being critical. That's just a reality because in my own life, if I find myself going down the slippery slope of fear, if I find myself overwhelmed with the flurry of worry, it's because I am not taking into account that I serve a big God who's bigger than my situation, bigger than the things I'm going through, that God is bigger, who's made me big promises, and God is faithful to keep his promise. And so, man, we got to pull back and we got to reach this place where we're making the decision. Again, that if I'm in fear, I'm not in faith. And if I'm in faith, I cannot be in fear. Everybody shout worry. What are you worried about today? What is the thing that you're wrestling? What's the weight that you're trying to carry? What's the thing that has you up at night? What's the thing in your business? Some of you here wrestling with financial loans, wrestling with are you getting the contract, wrestling with keeping your head afloat personally at home. Some of you are worried about your relationships, worried about your marriage, worried about your future. Jesus, again, he says, hey, worrying's not fixing anything. But Jesus has a solution. As people of faith, God steps on the scene and he gives us a solution of how we deal with the challenge in the flurry of worry. And so I want to look for a few minutes at a story. In fact, we're not even going to look at the whole story. We're just going to look at a couple of scriptures. If you have your Bible, I want you to go to the book of Mark chapter 5. The book, book of Mark chapter 5. And here's, here's the story. Here's the setup. The setup is this. This guy, his name is Jairus. Jairus, he runs to Jesus. And he goes to Jesus because the rumor is that Jesus can do things about tough situations. Let me just tell you the rumor's true. The rumor in the community is, is that Jesus can make a difference in things that you're going through that you can't fix on your own. Come on, the rumor's true. Everybody say the rumor's true. And so the rumor spreading through the community that, that Jesus can make a difference. This guy, Jairus, his daughter's sick. 
In fact, the Bible says she is sick to the point of death, which means if something doesn't change in the middle of their situation, she's not going to make it. Her heart rate, it's not strong, and it's slow. Beep, beep. Beep, beep. Beep, beep. And man, dad is afraid he's going to lose his daughter. The worst thing I think, man, anybody can go through is your child being sick or losing a child. And man, dad is right there. And so he hears about Jesus, so he goes to Jesus. And he says, hey, Jesus, listen, man, I heard you can do incredible things. Will you come to my house? Will you come and pray for my daughter? Will you come and intervene? Man, I'm in a flurry of worry. I'm overwhelmed. I'm under this pressure that I'm going to lose my daughter. Will you come to my house and make a difference? Will you come and change the situation? And I love Jesus' response. He's like, let's go. I'm telling you, anytime you cry out to God in prayer, his answer is, let's go. Let's do this thing. And so Jesus begins to walk with Jairus to his house. Unfortunately, he gets sidetracked. I don't know. Jesus maybe had some ADHD. I don't know. Squirrel. (laughs) Comes up. This lady comes up. She's got a whole other issue. Jesus stops walking with Jairus and stops and begins to heal a woman who's been sick. And he stops, he doesn't just heal her, but he gets into a conversation. He starts teaching everybody. Can you imagine Jairus? Jairus is like, Jesus, come on, man, we got to get to my house. And Jesus is up there teaching and telling people about God and telling them about the kingdom of God. And Jairus, man, every moment that passes, the worry gets heavier. Every second that ticks by, the weight of worry overwhelms him more. And finally, while he's standing there waiting for Jesus to continue with him to his house, this is where the story picks up. Read it with me. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house. That's who Jairus was. He was a significant religious teacher, which tells me something really important here. It doesn't matter how much you love God or you're close to God. We still face situations in this world. You can love God and still have things go wrong. And the Bible says that this ruler of the synagogue, which was the local, like the local temple in the villages where God's word was taught. It says, the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, read it with me, your daughter is dead. Why why trouble the teacher any further? So this group of guys comes from Jairus' house, finds Jairus who's waiting on Jesus to go to his house and says, hey, Jairus, your daughter's dead. Like, why are you troubling the teacher? I mean, let's just go home. Why trouble the teacher any longer? Why bother Jesus with your problems anymore? Because, right, your problem, it went to a whole nother level. Your daughter is not just sick, she is dead. And here's here's what I want you to know today, guys, is this word trouble. Everybody shout trouble. Everybody's got trouble. And we worry about our trouble. And we carry and feel the weight of our trouble. And I just want you to know that when you go through trouble, you need to find somebody in your life that will help you carry the load. When you have multiple hands carrying the weight of worry, the weight of worry decreases. And think about it. We call on people all the time. We call on people to help us in difficult, suddenly moments, circumstances all the time. We have fire departments. We have police departments. We have ambulance services. Right? When we get in trouble, we're not afraid to hit 911. When we get into a difficult spot, we're not afraid to call for someone outside to come lighten the load. One of the first places uh, I did ministry at, I was a youth pastor. We were hanging out. I, I actually stayed late that night to work. Everybody was gone. And I'm just telling you, churches, our churches like... How many people feel like when you walk into church, like it's a peaceful place? Like, this is just peaceful. Like, God, like it just feels like the presence. How many people feel that way? You walk in church because you've never been here at night by yourself. It's scary. 
Listen, when you walk into church by yourself, it's not like, oh, the presence of the Lord. It's like, I need to get out of here. <laughs> For real. So I was working one night. I was, it was late. And I was downstairs working. It was a two-level church. And I kept hearing doors knocking. I thought, someone's in this place. Someone's coming here. And the more you think about it, the worse it gets. Not just someone's in here, but someone's in here and they're going to kill me. And the more I thought about it, I thought, I'm not going to go look for them because it's going to end up bad for them or me, and that's bad. So I called the police. I called the popo. Believe that. I said, hey, and I was real calm about it. I said, hey, listen, uh, I'm right up the road at this church, and uh, if you could do me a favor, man, just send an officer over. Help a brother out and uh, just have him walk through the building, make sure everything's clear. This is true. It was, a, it was a small city, low crime. Police had nothing to do, so they called everybody. <laughs> like, it wasn't, one, it wasn't like one off-duty guy with like a, you know, a little revolver. And it's like, everybody showed up. I mean, cars came in the church parking lot on two wheels, lights and sirens. They got out like SWAT team. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I'm telling you for real. They came in the building, and I was like, oh, Jesus, this is not what I intended. And after they scoured the building and found that the noise that I was hearing was the air conditioner kicking on and off, moving the door, I felt like an absolute idiot that I was worried for nothing. Come on, somebody. I was worried about absolutely nothing. But here's the thing is, in the midst of my worry, I was okay calling on somebody to help me to bear the load of worry. So let me ask you a question. Who's in your corner helping you carry the load and the weight of worry? See, when Jesus tells us not to worry, I don't think that's a rational statement. You're saying, Pastor Steve, wait, are you disagreeing with Jesus? No, I think when you listen to Jesus, Jesus understands that the human emotion of dealing with difficult situations of an unknown future is naturally worry. So when he tells us not to worry, he's not really saying don't worry because I don't think that's within our control. What is, in our, what is within our control as people of faith is that we can take the weight of worry and hand it to somebody else who can carry the load. I need, I need three women just real quick to help me illustrate something. I need three women. For real? Come up here, Amy. Come up here. Right back there. Come up here. You raise your hand. Thank you. Come up here real quick. Three women. Give it up for these ladies coming up here. Thanks, guys. like oh no what do we get ourselves into here slide over here in the light a little bit aren't these ladies beautiful come on give it up <clears throat> okay I, I just want you to help me with something okay this is uh this is about a half gallon of water i want you to do me a favor i want you just to tell us what you feel like this might weigh but i want you to take it i want you to put your arm straight out i want you to hold it up what do you feel like that might weigh mm, a pound and a half Pound and a half. Okay, leave it up. Just leave it up. Amy, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for helping out. You're Grab yours. Hold it straight out. You want to take a guess on what you feel like that weighs? It's five pounds. Five. Now listen, don't go to school on us. <laughs> go sit down. I need someone else. <laughs> leave it up. Don't put it down. What's it feel like it weighs? Five pounds? Five pounds. Okay, leave it up. How are you? Isn't she glowing, y'all? She's pregnant with number two. What does that feel like it weighs to you? What's your guess? Three. Three pounds. That's your best guess? Okay. Maybe. 
Let me have yours. How you doing down there at the end? You good? Okay, so I asked you a minute ago what it feels like it weighs, and you said five pounds. What does it feel like it weighs now? It's about nine now. It's about nine now. Thank you very much. We're going to wait until you quiver. <laughs> Feel the burn! Okay, what did you say it started with? What did, what did you think it felt like it weighed in the beginning? pound and a half. What does it feel like it weighs now? About ten. About how much? Ten. About ten. Um, what's happening as you hold it longer? My muscle's burning. <laughs> <laughs> feel the burn and not that burn, right? Hey, let's just give it up for the minute because here's, here's what I want you to know. Listen. Listen, here's what the Bible says as you walk off. Listen, here's what I want all of you to hear. Jesus said this. Jesus said, I want you to give all of your cares and your worries to me because I care for you. Here's what I want you to see in them. The longer you hold something, the heavier it becomes. See, when you ask the question, what does it feel like it weighs? Amy was close. A gallon of water weighs 8.3 pounds. So a half a gallon weighs about four pounds. But the longer you hold it, the heavier it feels. So objectively, it's four pounds. It doesn't matter how long you hold it. But subjectively, it just keeps getting heavier and heavier and heavier and heavier until it just overwhelms you. And I just want you to know, the longer you carry your worry independently and on your own, the heavier that worry will get until it eventually overwhelms you. God invites us to say, hey, I know you're worried. Hey, I know you have situations. I know there's circumstance in your life. But God comes in and he says, listen, you don't have to bear the weight of worry alone. I want you to cast all of your cares. I want you to put all of your worry in me because I care for you. And when you share the weight, the weight decreases. And so God wants to take the weight of worry off your shoulder today. This is such a great scripture. I'd encourage you guys to take a few minutes, maybe write it down, memorize it this week. So again, here's, here's, here's the reality. I ask you the question, should people of faith, should it influence our worry? Sometimes when suddenly moments happen, when, when we get a phone call, when we hear the news, when we talk to somebody and we find out the situation, when our boss calls us in, when suddenly moments happen, man, again, our natural response is sometimes to worry. And in the middle of that worry, sometimes, guys, even as Christ followers, we start to question, God, are you there? God, are you with us? Do you care, God, that I'm going through this? In fact, there's a story when the disciples, some of you guys remember this, the, the, the disciples, they're crossing the water, a storm raises up, man, all these waves come crashing in, and they think they're going to drown, and they look at Jesus and they ask this question, Jesus, do you care that we're perishing? Do you care that we're about to drown? Do you care that I'm getting overcome by this situation? And think about that question to ask Jesus, Jesus, do you care? Because in the middle of moments of the flurry of worry, it's easy to feel at times that God's not there, that God doesn't care. But if you're in the middle of a flurry of worry and you're wondering where God's at, sometimes you gotta pull back off the microscopic view of the moment and you gotta get like a whole life view. Because let me ask you a question. If you're in the middle of tough situation and it feels like you're alone, I want you to look at your whole life. Come on, somebody. Because when you look at your whole life, you can come to the conclusion that maybe in the middle of one tough moment, God may not feel like he's there. But how many people in this room know that in, when you look at your whole life, that God's been faithful, that God's come through, that God has shown up in your life, that God's made a way, that God opened the door for a job, that God's made miracles in your life. Anybody here, when you get your picture of your whole life, there's no question that God's with you. And listen, if you're struggling with your life view, I want you to pull back and get that 10,000 foot view. Because if you don't just look at your life, I can look at the lives of friends around me. 
I can look at the lives of, uh, of a friend of mine, best friend we grew up with, got into a lot of trouble. He was in half the cars I was in accidents in, who now serves the Lord, who's now following Christ. I look at my brother, same thing, tough situations, made a lot of bad decisions. I can look at friends in my life who are pastors, friends, who God showed up, whose God made a way. They've experienced God showing up and breaking through and God healing them and God showing up and restoring families. If it's not just in my situation, I can see it in my life. And if I don't just see it in my life, I can see it in people's lives around me. And I just want you to know, if you're here today saying, where is God? God, do you care? Then you need to get the 100,000 foot view. Pull all the way back and look at history because in the middle of history where a lot of people have struggled with a lot of things that we worried about, there is an old rugged cross standing that is the exclamation point of history where God the Father says, I care about you. I care about your fears, your worries, your doubts. I care about your struggle, your sin, your hurt. And I sent my son Jesus to be the Savior to make a way to carry the weight and the burden of your worry. Jesus is the exclamation point that tells us that God cares about us. I love this. Go back to that that, that last verse when he says again that why do you trouble the teacher? Look at this. He said, why do you trouble the teacher? I want everybody here to know something this morning as we get ready to wrap this up. Jesus was a phenomenal teacher. And if you're here and you read the Bible, you're like, man, Jesus was such a great teacher. I want you to know Jesus was a great teacher, but that's not all he was. Jesus was a healer. There was no sickness, no disease that was ever too great for Jesus. He wasn't just a healer. Jesus was a redeemer. He took broken lives and people who who were cast out from society, people who were marginalized and looked down on, Jesus showed up and redeemed their lives. Jesus is not only a redeemer, he's a deliverer. He showed up in people's lives who were bound with all kinds of things and couldn't find freedom. And Jesus showed up and he delivered them and he set them free. Jesus is everything that you need in every situation. He's not just a teacher. He's our everything. So why do you trouble the teacher? Because the teacher is the one who can do something about it. And you're not troubling him. Like I hear people say that. Maybe you're here and you're thinking, you're like, you know, God's got so much to deal with. And, you know, he's got more important things to deal with than my life. If you're here and you have children, let me ask you a question. Has there ever been anything that seems so inconsequential to you that you thought, ah, I'm not going to worry about it? Absolutely not. If it matters to our kids, it matters to us. And I want you to know that you are a child of the Most High God. And if you're going through something, if it matters to you, it matters to Him. If it has consequences to you, it's consequential to Him. And I just want you to know that God is able to bear the burden and the weight of not just our life, but of the whole world. So why trouble the teacher? Because the teacher, redeemer, healer, deliverer, savior is able to carry your trouble if you'll give it to him. Our faith makes a difference because I believe in the middle of a flurry of worry, I'm not in it alone. I can hand my worry off to him. I don't have to keep holding it and getting heavier and heavier and heavier. I can be like, God, here, hold this because I can't hold it no more. So what's the worry that you need to hand off? Check out the next verse. We get ready to wrap this up. Verse 36. Come on, read it with me. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, your daughter's dead. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Some translations say this, as soon as Jesus heard what they said, he said. They said, he said. I'm just telling you, your whole life, that's what you're going to have. You're going to have they say and he says. Who are the they in your life? 
Who are the they that are speaking into your situations? Who are the they that are trying to help carry the weight and the burden? Because here's what I know. We need to fill our life with people who fill us with faith and don't fill us with fear. You need to surround yourself with people who are speaking faith, who are saying what God says. Hey, it might be a tough circumstance, but God's in it with you. It might be overwhelming, but God's on your side. It might seem like it's out of control. You might be worried and overwhelmed, but I want you to know we need to hear the voice of friends and brothers and sisters in Christ who have our back and believe that God has it too. Are you hearing me, church? If you got friends telling you, you need to give up on your marriage. You need to get new friends. Help me, somebody. If you got friends telling you, man, your, your kid, he's lost. Man, he's been dealing with this his whole life. He's, he's, man, you need to quit worrying about him. Listen, you need to find people that come alongside and invest in you faith. Because there's two voices. They said, the crowd said, the world says, people say, but then Jesus says. And Jesus steps into the middle of a man who went from the worry that his daughter was sick and may not recover to the reality that in the world, it was past the point of return. And Jesus looks at that situation. Come on, church, because some of you are there. You're like, it's too gone. Pastor, it's too far gone. And Jesus says, hey, don't worry. And you can read the story on your own. Jesus takes this man back to his house where his dead daughter lays and puts everybody out of the room. All the people that are there crying, all the people that are there mourning and weeping, Jesus pushes them out. You say, why would he do it? Because they had given in to the worry. Jesus said, I need people in this room that can believe the worry can turn around to a miracle. And Jesus spoke to this young girl and she woke up. She came back to life. See, when I read that, I think God doesn't just take situations that look bad and makes them better. Jesus can take situations that look like they're too far gone and bring them back from the dead. He's not just a teacher. He's the resurrection and he's the life. If you're here this morning and you came in with a weight of worry on your shoulders, if you came in today and Man, you're struggling with situations and anxiety and fears. You look to your future and you're unclear and unsure. I want you to know today that you can cast your cares on him. You can invite Jesus to help bear the weight of your worry. And not just carry the weight of the worry because here's the beautiful thing about Jesus. Jesus not only can carry the weight, but he can do something about the situation. That's who he is. And so Paul, knowing again that people still wrestle with doubt, still wrestle with fear, the Apostle Paul, he says this. He says, don't worry about anything. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Yeah, but this is what I'm going through, and this is my life, and this is my job, this is my career, this, these are my kids. Again, it's... God is not expecting us not to worry. He's expecting us to do something appropriately that will bring us through our worry. So he says this. Instead, instead of spending and investing emotional energy and worry, instead, come on, read it with me, pray about everything. Now that's not, you don't have to fold your arms, fold your hands. O Lord, of God of heaveneth and earthith, I invite thou thee to come into thy circumstance and helpeth thou me. If your prayer is, God, he hears, the Bible says he hears the cries of the righteous. Have you ever seen a little kid cry? Like, what did you just say? Like, you can just do that to God. 
And God's like, I got this. Nobody else knows what you're going through, but God understands. So God says, take that emotional energy and invest it in prayer. It doesn't have to be a solemn, spiritual, everybody gets it prayer. If it's just a cry to God, God, please take the weight of this worry. I can't carry it anymore. He'll take it. And then here's what the word says. Then, when you pray instead of worry, then, come on, read it with me as we close. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Should our faith make a difference? Absolutely. Because we have a God who's bigger than anything we worry about, anything bigger than we face. And he invites us into a relationship where we don't have to carry our burdens and our fears alone, but we can cast them on him. Like that little kid that some of you were at one time and now you're the mom or you're the dad. And you tell the little kid, right? We're getting ready to go into a park. You don't need to take that. You don't need to carry that jacket. Leave that in the car. And they insist on carrying it. And you know what happens about 10 minutes into the park? Dad, will you carry this? Now I'm the dad that says, no, you, you want to bring it, you carry it. But some of you are those moms and dads. You're like, hey, let me carry that for you. Your heavenly father is here today. And he's saying, what's the worry? What's the fear? What are you anxious about? Come on, give it to me. And when you make a decision by faith, God, I give it to you. Then the promise is that he'll invade your heart and your mind with a peace that's greater than your understanding. And so I came into today, not just for moms and dads, but everybody, saying, Lord, I know there's people here today and people watching online that need peace that have things that feel so big so overwhelming you've carried it for a long time and it just keeps getting heavier and heavier and heavier and I just showed up today to give you the opportunity to cast your cares on him so with every head bowed and every eye closed I'm going to pray for you today if you're showed up and you got a weight on your shoulders, if you got a lot of worry in your heart and your mind, today I want to give you the opportunity to say, God, will you take the weight? God, will you carry the load? I want you today in your marriage, your home, your kids, your finances, your health, I want you to cast all of your cares on him. I want you to invite Jesus. I challenge you to trouble the teacher. I challenge you to give the worry to him. And so, Father, over every person in this room, God, over every struggle they're facing, every challenge that's overwhelming, in the middle of the flurry of worry in their life, I pray today that we would cast our cares and worries on you. Father, we make a choice to invite you to help carry the load. Come on, just some of you right now just need to ask God, God, will you carry my load? Some of you need to make a choice right now as we're praying, God, will you take this? God, will you carry this? God, I, I'm not going to worry about my future. God, I, I give it to you. God, I believe you're going to make a way. I believe you're going to open a door. I believe you're going to restore. So, Father, we cast our cares on you. And so, Father, I pray all over this room. I pray every person watching online. I pray the peace of Jesus would fill your heart and your mind. And, God, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody who agreed said amen. Come on, can we thank God today?